Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, David Crockett, and Lee. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. And I am your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is January 13th, 2023. And uh, let me, uh, I'm going to have to make a quick show. I say quick show, so I really need to keep it into an hour. So let's. Let's let this music play through. I'm going to keep talking over the music. Let's not forget about our newest sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price, guys. Get on that website immediately. you got uh, Valentine's Day right around the corner. Uh, buy something nice for your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife. Whatever you got, whatever you got going on there, they got to watch for you. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Promo code DTOM at the checkout. All right. How much longer do we got on this song here? We're going to have, I think I'm going to go ahead and let it fade on out, fade on out, fade on out. I just have a lot of stuff I need to cover, and I've got to get this show on the road because it is Friday the 13th. Remix it. Can we? Can we? Can we? Yeah, Jason, right? Friday the 13th. Okay. So, real quick, obviously, today is Friday the 13th. So, what's the big deal? Like, you see a lot of people like, oh shit. So, I wanted to dig just a little bit, you know, so we cover this really quickly. Um, what is the big deal about Friday the 13th? Where does the, stu- the stupor, <laughs> the superstition come from, and why is it unlucky? Okay, Um, so I'm going to run through this really quick. So, you know, a lot of times it gets stuck in people's head. Oh, God, tomorrow's Friday the 13th. Today's Friday the 13th. And, and, you know, if you had a bad start this morning and couldn't figure out what was wrong, well, today's date could be to blame. Friday the 13th, a date considered unlucky by some, returns for the first time this year. But it's not the only one in the calendar, unfortunately. (laughs) The date, which brings nothing but bad luck to superstitious individuals, particularly in the Western world, 
is frequently connected with misfortune. Some people would spend the day avoiding mirrors, sighting a black cat or even ladders, um, and they would also avoid traveling. The day is rife with spooky occurrences and superstitious behavior, sometimes serving as inspiration for horror films. The Friday the 13th franchise boasting a staggering 12 slasher films. But this is not just some Hollywood urban legend. Some, some hotel buildings have gone to considerable lengths to get rid of the 13th floor, and I would even take that a step further. There's actually skyscrapers. There's plenty of skyscrapers, especially ones that were built, you know, 50, 70, 100 years ago that technically, if you count the floors, has a 13th floor, but if you're on the elevator, there is no 13th floor. And also in some office buildings, hotels, there is not a 13th room. So, and, and this is probably more prevalent in older buildings. Like if you go into Sears Tower, the New York, uh, was the Empire State Building, if you go into these older buildings, a lot of them don't have, they technically have a 13th floor. If you count them, there's, there's, not, there's no floor there. There's still 13, 13 plus floors, right? But if you get on the elevator, there's no 13. And, um, you know, even major airlines don't have a 13th row. You know, if you count the seats, it's going to go, or if you're in row 12, it, it's going to go twelve row 12 to row 14. So, obviously... It's a historical um, superstitious date. The number 13, number one, is superstitious as a bad luck number. But Friday the 13th. So while there are many theories surrounding the spooky date, Friday the 13th has instilled irrational fear in some people, causing them to spend day, the day indoors and do nothing to avoid all kinds of possibilities. So where does the superstition come from and why... And how many Friday the 13th are there going to be this year? So, there are several theories as to why Friday the 13th is considered unlucky. One of the most popular superstitions relates to a date of Friday the 13th to the fall of the Knights Templar. On Friday, the, on Friday, October 13th, 1307, that was two years before I was born, according to Chris, King Philip IV of France captured hundreds of Knights Templar. According to the History website, it said, founded around 1118 as a mo uh, mon mon <laughs> monastic military order devoted to protection of pilgrims traveled to the Holy Land following the, uh, the Christian capture of Jerusalem, Jerusalem during the first, cru first, cru <laughs> God bless. first crusade, the Knights Templar quickly became one of the richest and most influential groups in the Middle Ages, thanks to the lavish donations from the crowned heads of Europe, eager to curry favor with the fierce knights. By the 14th century, the Templars have established a system of castle churches and banks throughout Western Europe, and it was astonished wealth that would lead to their downfall. What are some other theories? Uh, another popular explanation of Friday 13 unluckiest is a narrative of Jesus' Last Supper and Crucifixion. Leonardo da Vinci's picture of the Last Supper depicts 13 people in the upper room on Monday, Thursday, the 13th of Nisan, the night before Jesus' death on Good Friday. The 13th person at dinner table is considered to have been Judas, who betrayed Jesus. Furthermore, the association with Friday the 13th with bad luck can be traced back to Thomas uh, Lawson, not, not to be confused with Christian Lawson, 
uh, novel, The 13th, which is published in 1907, the plot reveals around a banker who leverages Friday the 13th superstition to cause a Wall Street panic that pre, uh, on that precise date, according to Henry Sutherland's 1869 biography, an Italian composer, uh, some Giacciono Rosini, who died Friday the 13th. The composer considered Friday to be an unfortunate day and the 13th to be an unlucky number. So, I am done with that. So, how many good, uh, how many days of Friday the 13th are there going to be this year? All right, so you got today and in October. Uh, so, two. And in next year, it'll be in September and December. And in uh, 2025, it only happens once. And 26, it happens three times, so we're all going to die. All right, so enough about that. Just wanted to go over a brief history as to why, who cares, and uh, let's get going. All right, so have we noticed lately since November, I think the middle of November, the a lot of flight delays, a lot of canceled flights, I would even harken back maybe into the summertime, and it was blamed on weather. You got hurricanes, you got this. Okay, those are kind of understandable. But middle of November into the holidays, delays, delays, delays. People um, getting their luggage lost because their flight was delayed, but somehow or another their luggage made it onto a plane and went somewhere. And a lot of people were like, you know, what's going on? What's going on? So this came out the other day. This was on um, on Wednesday, so the FAA system outage caused thousands of flights to you know to be delayed and cancellations across USA. So you probably heard about this. There was a um, a, uh, <laughs> a systems failure. Some people thought that it might have been hacked, uh, cyber breach, but they essentially had to stop all flights. Um, I think it was 9,000 some odd flights and um, from and within the United States being delayed as late as 6 o'clock that night. And uh, Southwest, which canceled thousands of flights after Christmas. So my sister, she's just moved down from New York. She's my half-sister, whatever. Um, she was going to New York to visit her family for Christmas. Ended up having to spend the night in the, ho- in the hospital, in the uh, airport. And then um, got a flight, got up there. Then her flight home got canceled. She had to end up renting a car and driving from New York to Florida. That's that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with nowadays. And and if you've listened to Mayor Pete or Biden or Korean Diversity Hire, whoever you listen to, say why these things are and they blame it on Southwest. They blame it on Delta. They blame it on this. They blame it on one employee who dropped the ball on updating the software. All of a sudden the software failed. So was the system hacked? Is the system the problem? Is Southwest the problem? I don't know because you can also look at train travel. Okay, so the other day also on the 11th. So today is supposed to be Friday the 13th. Today is supposed to be the bad luck day. Right? But <laughs> it seems like January the 11th was a bad luck day for travelers. Amtrak train delayed 37 hours and it prompted passengers to call 911 over hostage fears. You had people on this train. Now, I was going from, let me see if I could uh, 
It left Virginia at 5, and it was supposed to come to Orlando, Florida. And in South Carolina, the train just stopped. <laughs> so uh, there was people on the train, passengers on the train, who really didn't know what, what the hell was going on. They were calling 911. And I, and I saw this on TV the other day because they actually played um, audio of the whoever coming over the speaker on the train asking the the passengers to quit calling 911 that they're not being uh held hostage right but um essentially what happened was there was a CSX freight train hit a vehicle left on the tracks in South Carolina and you know there was so there was a derailment of that train which caused the Amtrak train to have to wait essentially until they could find a um a detour and uh thus the problem okay or at least that's the problem explained so my question began to ask didn't we just pass a bill like a year or so ago right wasn't that the big thing the biden's first big win was the 2021 infrastructure bill right so what is that? Now, infrastructure to me is planes, trains, and automobiles. So if you fly, you, you rail, or you drive, okay? And and that's all fashion. So that's flights. Now, not necessarily Southwest or Delta or whoever, but the airports, the the uh, outdated software, the, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? The, uh, you know, the people that work at the airport, the uh the you know the the uh, shit I can't think of what they're called the people in the tower whatever they're called I, I know I'm kind of ramping I'm trying to get through this quickly because I got company coming over and Friday the thirteenth we're gonna eat pizza grandkids coming over but anyway so rails you have de- you have derailments you have train you have and this and this is just one instance of this thirty seven hour delay but we've been hearing this whole year this whole past year of rail delays whether they be freight trains passenger trains, whatever the case may be, being delayed, being stopped. Is it a shortage of conductors? Is it a short, you know, what's the deal here? And then, obviously, roads, bridges crashing. So, to not go through the bill, we obviously know what the bill is, right? Infrastructure. So, it was supposed to invest $1 trillion into the United States physical and digital infrastructure. So, now, you could say, okay, Don, that bill was just passed. No, this was back in August of 21, so a year and a half ago. This wasn't yesterday. So, where are we at with this? So, it's supposed to be updated bridges, roads, and public transportation. Okay? So, essentially, let's read through this. Federal funds will be allocated to revitalize desperately overdue physical infrastructures across the United States. That includes, but is not limited to, $20 billion towards large bridges and bridges in rural locations, $5 billion to improve efficiency and safety of the interstate highway system and roadways, and $66 billion invested on passenger rail, freight rail, and Amtrak across the United States. This was a year and a half ago. Okay, we pass a bill. How long does it take to... Get the fucking ball rolling. Okay? A year and a half ago, we weren't even having these issues, but yet here we are. <laughs> National disaster preparedness, whatever. 
uh, electric charging station, who cares? Cleaner water infrastructure. I, I, it was interesting that I stumbled upon this because I believe the bill we just passed in December uh, gave $600 million to Jackson, Mississippi for clean water. So what happened to this money for cleaner water infrastructure that we had to throw another $600 million towards a, to, to towards one town? We say Jackson, Mississippi. Everyone knows who that is because we've heard about it. But Jackson, Mississippi isn't a big, it's not a big metropolis. It's not like it's, you know, Detroit. Improve cybersecurity. So if this airline situation was a hack, what happened? (laughs) Hello? You know what I'm saying? So this, it almost shows a point of, okay, we passed in August of 21, we passed an infrastructure bill for trillions of dollars. Okay? to fix certain situations that a year and a half later are worse than they were when the bill passed. So where's the money? That's my question. And if Mayor Pete is in charge of that situation, where is he at? Why isn't this being fixed? Not getting fixed. Why isn't it fixed? Or could all of this, the planes being delayed, the trains being delayed have nothing to do with infrastructure. Okay, so if you recall COVID, so COVID hit March 20, right? The vaccine came out the end of 20, and they really started pimping the hell out of the vaccine in 21 to the point where you had a lot of companies across the country enforce, I mean, fortunately, in my state, we didn't have to worry about this. But even in my state, you had companies try to force their people to get the vaccine, right? So we know for a fact that you had airlines force pilots to get the vaccine. And that was part of your flight issues two years ago, year and a half ago, was this. You had pilots quitting because I'm not getting the vaccine. I guess I'll quit, right? So... What could be the issue now? So this is, I, I meant to look this up before I start recording, but I was in such a hurry. So let me let me see if I can, uh, shit, I wonder if that went through. Oh, well. Um, what's her name? European, European, European MEP. So members, uh, I don't know what that is. Let me see if it pops up. So it's something someone to do in the Euro par- Parliament. So she's a member of European Parliament. Now she could be from Germany. I'm not exactly sure because of her accent. It's not a very thick accent. But um, I'm going to play this. It's a it's about a minute or so long. You guys listen to it, and then we'll talk on the backside. To what we're about to discuss, and we called it post-back flight risks. And um, as you may have read in the in the media these past couple of days or the weeks before, there is chaos pretty much on every major airport or all airports throughout Europe. Um, there is, you know. Piles and piles of suitcases. The passengers are standing in line for hours and hours, no end at check-in. And uh, of course, you all heard about thousands and thousands of cancelled flights. 
The official narrative, what might be the reason for this, is, well, because of the lockdown, we had to lay off so many people and we cannot just hire them back. That is the official narrative. Um, of course, there could be other, other reasons for this, but um, someone, oh, I'm just, I heard that there is translation on the, on the web stream. Well, too bad, I started in English, now I will finish in English. <laughs> So anyway, um, there could be other reasons uh, uh, for these problems, but these reasons um, are not, they're not eager to uh, even mention them, because if they did, it might turn out that their entire uh, lie, the, the building of, of their lies this may just tumble down and will break into shatters. Um, and they did, went to great lengths to erect this uh, building of lies, um, manipulation, gaslighting. You had uh, uh, people, uh, people were being repressed. They have been forced, uh, basically been told they will stand to lose their jobs if they, if they don't go along with whatever the government uh, asked them to do. Um, if you look at these, this chaos, what we are looking at right now, um, it goes way beyond the annoyance of you know, missing your suitcase or having to stand in a line, because what we are actually talking about is it could uh, cost a lot of people uh, their lives, because we're talking actually about um, a safe flight, which may no longer be the case. Because what happened was that um, a lot of pilots that um, did not want to get vaccinated had been laid off. Um, and the ones that did get vaccinated because they had families to feed, a mortgage to pay, all of these things to take care of, may now no longer be fit to fly. And Boom. I'm going to let her finish because it, it gets kind of interesting. But what she's saying is... A year or so ago, we had to fire a bunch of pilots because they didn't want to get vaccinated, right? And this is this is in Europe, but we're seeing the same thing here. But now, they're having to ground pilots that are vaccinated, and we'll get into that, that here in a second. A problem, and uh, to the globalist elites, it must be a shocker. Can you imagine? First, people are being forced to get a vaccination to only then find out that it might actually be the dumbest thing uh, they ever did. Uh, well, there you go. Um, it goes another minute or so, but I'm not going to keep on playing. That bit of audio was brought to you by the executive producer, Christopher J. McGillicuddy. Thank you, Chris, for that, because it is interesting. That could be we're hearing whatever. We're hearing flight delays all the time. And obviously, this is happening over in Europe also. And Bags, you heard what she said. And she, this lady, is equating it to the fact that they're having to lay off or at least ground vaccinated pilots. So why is that? Why would, why would that be necessary? Well, today, this just came out literally an hour ago. CDC identifies possible safety concern for certain people receiving COVID vaccines. Well, there you go. The CDC is finally admitting that there's, there's an issue with these, with these vaccines. 
And the issue is that they're... Um, so the CDC controls says uh, the preliminary va- uh, COVID-19 va- uh, vaccine safety, quote-unquote safety signal, has been identified in investigating whether the, the Pfizer biotech vaccine creates an in- increased risk of is- ischemic stroke in people. The statement, the CDC says that a preliminary signal hasn't been identified with the vanilla uh, bivalent Moderna vaccine. But I would be willing to bet. So following the availability and use of the updated COVID-19 vaccine, CDC vaccine safety data link is near real-time surveillance system met the statistical criteria to prompt additional investigation of whether there were safety concerns for stroke in people who received the Pfizer Biotech COVID-19 vaccine rapid response investigation. So you have the CDC who encourages people, and especially older people. What was the thing? When all this first started, old people need to get the vaccine. Okay, then... Next old people need to get the vaccine. Next old people, next old people, next old people. Kids, 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 right? Push, push, push. You can't go to work unless you have the vaccine. You can't fly an airplane unless you have the vaccine because you could die in midair without the vaccine. You could literally catch COVID and die flying a plane. You could die. Oh, but now you have the vaccine. You could die flying a plane. (laughs) I mean, I'm not laughing at death, but... This is the this is what they did. Now, if I'm if I'm a pilot for whatever airline and I was forced to get this vaccine because whatever. And now you're telling me I can't work anymore because I did what you told me to do. I'm suing your fucking ass. Okay? But furthermore, we have this. We can talk about Soccer players, football players, kids, uh, teenagers, college football players, college basketball players, professional athletes of all stretches, dropping during a game, during practice, during working out. Not saying they're necessarily all dying, but they're having cardiac arrest, they're having heart attacks, they're having, you know, whatever. You know, Maria, uh, Lisa Marie Presley just died yesterday. Cardiac arrest. Now, of course, the spin on her is going to be like, oh, she was an alcoholic. She was a drug addict. She was this. She was that. Okay, fine. Whatever. Maybe she was. Maybe she wasn't. There's video of her at the Golden Globes that she looks like a wreck. Was she high? Was she drunk? Was she a combination of the two? Maybe. Or, (laughs) hear me out. She died Thursday morning. Golden Globes were Wednesday night. Maybe. She was in the process of dying, and no one knew it, and it was just being captured on video, possibly. But this is um, Dr. Peter McCullough, and this is what he has to say about the vaccine and myocarditis. In a paper by uh, Arolia and colleagues from Finland, published in one of the best cardiology journals before COVID, established a rate. It's very important. Uh, they studied everybody in the entire country, and they had very solid case identification. Four cases per million is the background rate of myocarditis before COVID. And the numbers, the very first number the CDC came out with, and the CDC was uh, dividing uh, safety events by the total number of people who took the vaccine, assuming other people didn't get it. 
that is a flawed statistical approach. But even doing that, the first CDC estimate was 62 cases per million. And then it rapidly escalated. Tracy Hogue at UC Davis, different data analysis, 250 cases per million. Sharfet Kaiser Permanente found 527 cases per million. And now the two prospective cohort studies, Masugian and colleagues, and Lepesic and colleagues, two separate papers, when they finally do all the measurements before and then after vaccination, uh, Masugian was on the second shot of uh, Pfizer in children aged 13 to 18. Lepesic was in healthcare workers on the third shot of messenger RNA vaccines. They find together, that point estimate now, 25,000 cases per million. Okay. That's coincidence, right? I'm sure that this vaccine that was forced upon us and then you got criticized if you talked about the vaccine. Okay? And all I heard from people, whether it was people on TV, people on the radio, or just people wherever, people you know, this caused division in families about the vaccine because what did we hear? Well, you got the chicken pox back. You got the polio vaccine. You got the smallpox. But you got all these. How is that working out for you? Those were proven vaccines. We said it time and time again on this show. Those were proven vaccines. Okay, I never got the chickenpox vaccine because that didn't exist when I was a kid. Our chickenpox vaccine was called what? Herd immunity. If little Johnny down the street got chickenpox, guess what? Everyone, everyone went to Johnny's house to get chickenpox. That's true. Anyone over the age of 40 at least, probably 35, can attest to that story. And then if you had a brother or sister, or, you know, if you had multiple brothers and sisters or cousins or whatever the case may be, if you got the chicken pox, guess what? There was a party at your house with all the other kids. That's just how it was back in the day. We didn't stress, oh my God, he's got the chicken pox, he's going to die. Why do we even need a vaccine for chicken pox? I mean, in all honesty, I could see shingles for like older people and stuff like that. Once again, a proven vaccine. But whatever, whatever. I'm sick and tired of the arguments. Make a COVID vaccine that works. The thing is, chicken pox, smallpox, polio, uh, what's, what's the other, like the, I can't think of the, uh, the, different, the different shots you have to get your kids, tuberculosis and so on and so forth. There's not different strains of, of measles. There's not different strains of polio. There's not different strains of rubella. There's not different strains of smallpox. It is what it is. Okay? The same reason why there's the flu shot. Now they're trying to call it the flu vaccine, but it is what it is. It's a flu shot. It's to try and help hold down symptoms of the flu. And I said this years ago when the flu shot first came out and I was working at my job, and they would have people on site. Hey, go get your flu shot. It's free. No, I'm good. Every person I've ever seen get the flu shot gets sick because <laughs> they're pumping you with a live, uh, live virus. I'm good. Most people don't even get the flu. You might get sick. You might have a fever. You might have a cold. You might cough, and you might sneeze. That isn't necessarily the flu. You have a cold. Okay, some colds are more severe than others. I've had the flu before where I wasn't even sick and I had the flu. So it's not, the, the, the term flu is, is way thrown out of proportion as to what it really is. But nonetheless, the flu shot changes 
every year because why the flu changes every year the problem is with the flu shot the flu shot for this year was based off of last year's flu and the flu shot for next year is going to be based off of this year's flu because the strain changes it's an evolving virus i.e see covid evolving virus and all we hear is oh it's the omicron it's the delta it's the mcgillicuddy it's the whatever it's a changing virus it's evolution okay you guys want to trust the science, but you don't want to trust the fact that a fucking virus can evolve. And you think a one-shot shot's going to do it all. Oh, that's why you got to get the booster. It doesn't matter. If you're giving them the same fucking shot, it's not going to matter. All you're doing is impaling the, the uh, immune system of people and causing them to get weaker. So that when they do get COVID, because you're all going to get it at one point or another, just like you might get the flu, they die. Or is that the goal here? I'm upset about this because most of everybody in my family has been vaccinated. At least twice that I know of. That's what pisses me off because my son was forced to do it because of his job. Because he goes to Canada. He goes to New York. He goes to New Jersey. He goes to Oregon. He goes to these places to do work. And subsequently, my mom was talked into it because she's old. My sister, for whatever reason, decided to get it because whatever. My, my daughter got it because she's got lupus. And she was convinced by her doctor she needed to get it. Um, I tried to talk all of them out of that. Of course, who am I? Right? I'm just a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast. Who am I? I'm not Dr. McGillicuddy. But, looks like I might have been right to tell you guys to not do this. Okay? I have cancer. I was told by my doctor I needed to get the vaccine. Guess what I said? I'm good. But you got COVID. Am I dead? Well, no. Okay, then I'm good. Right? I didn't even get sick, really. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm not saying people don't get COVID and get sick. I'm, that's, it is what it is. Some people get the flu and die. Some people get the flu and they're fine. It's just it's the way of life. Anywho, so Biden, right? <laughs> Am I right? So uh, classified docs, right? Found in Biden's possession. I'm not going to beat a dead horse with this. And, uh, and I'm not referring to Joe Biden. I'm just referring to the story. But um, here's a complete timeline. President Joe Biden previously called out the former president on holding classified documents, and right? You saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. So interesting how he says that because I'll play that clip again here in just a second. Anyway, so on Thursday, Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel to investigate. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, that's good. Look, he's going to investigate. He should do that. You know, he had Lindsey Lindsey Graham, fuck him, came out and was like, if you're going to investigate Trump, you can have a special counsel. You need to do the same thing for Biden. Okay, fine, whatever. So, you know, he announces on Thursday, 
he's taking an extraordinary step in appointing a special counsel to investigate sitting president. Like, that's a big fucking deal. Trump went through that for four fucking years <laughs> for whatever bullshit they wanted to throw at him for mishandling classified information dating back to President Joe Biden's time as vice president. So the difference here is Trump, president, ex-president, can wave his hand over some documents and say, these here are no longer classified. Vice President Biden cannot do that. So people are like, well, he's president. Okay, he's president now. But at the time he removed said documents, he was not president. He was vice president. He does not have the authority to wave the magic wand and say these are no longer classified. Okay? And then it's like, oh, well, when they they found him in his library or whatever at University of Pennsylvania, um, they uh, they turned him right over. He didn't even know they were there. Okay, but what about the ones that were in his garage next to his Corvette? Oh, well... See, see about those. See about those. This Joe, Joy Behar now, of course, the the end all be all of all information. This is her spin on the documents found in the garage. You know what I think? I've never Trump. seen a, a luckier person than Donald Trump. Just as we're this close well, to getting him, somehow I, these but, documents you know appear. But here's the thing. Biden is wrong to have done this. He, he was in office wrong. for well, 40 let's years. Find out, let's that. find out what this is first. Now, again, mm. one of the things That's that gets true. me crazy is before we know, it's already been spun a specific yeah. way. I don't want to see that. The, I want to see... Someone explained to me, A, how it's possible that after all this time, nobody yeah. knew this. Because to me, if you're missing classified information, I don't mean to laugh, but in my house, does, if stuff is missing, I know it's missing. Does it missing. feel like oppo research to you? Does it feel like the Republicans are behind it? It's I, not. I it did originally, but I'm sorry, sorry. but not, not now. Because one of the things, one of the things he's saying is that, you know, some of these, some of the locations where the docs may have been shipped in the transition I may see. have gotten taken and put, but still. Yeah, so, you know, of course, they just magically appeared, according to Joey Behard. I mean, at least with, uh, Whitney Houston. <laughs> Fucking, uh, what's her face? I can't even think of her name. Whoopi. Um, kind of was like, yeah, I mean, Joy, number one, K5 on the fucking talking bullshit because Biden already admitted that shit was in his garage. So obviously they weren't planted there by, you know, MAGA supporters. He knew they were there. They were locked in his garage next to his Corvette. He knew they were there. So no one planted them other than Biden himself. And then, God love Peter Ducey. We haven't had a Peter Ducey moment uh, montage. And uh, he's had a couple, so here we go. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, was in a garage. yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but uh, as I said earlier this week, people know I take now, classified now mind documents. You, he's classified reading this. Seriously. This isn't off I the cuff. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, 
My lawyer has reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas in file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was. Okay, fucking a. Jesus Christ, where is the damn uh, clip from Billy Madison today, Junior? I mean, he admitted they're there. He knew they were there. So don't blame it on transition team. Don't blame it on whatever you. He just said he knew they were there, right? He knew they were at the Penn whatever library, right? So to me, that's key. Number one, what were on these documents? I can ask the same questions that you wanted to ask about Trump. What were on these documents? Who were they for? Why would you have them, right? So the Penn Biden Center where classified papers were found is a dark money nightmare. The Ivy League think tank where lawyers found classified materials linked to the Obama White House, is a patronage mill for the Biden administration, raising suspicion among critics that it's established to attract tens of millions of donations from anonymous Chinese donors. Well, there you go. The Department of Justice is probing a small number of classified documents from Biden's years as vice president and ended up at the Washington, D.C. think tank that bears his name. At the White House, confirmed Monday, a batch of papers was found in an additional location in his garage in his house. Just call it what it is. The University of Pennsylvania received more than $30 million from a Chinese donors shortly after the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, which functioned as an office for Joe Biden before he was elected president, was announced in 2017 according to public records. The Biden Center is a dark money revolving door nightmare where foreign competitors like China donated millions of dollars to universities so they could have access to future high-ranking officials. Um, so, let's see. University of Pennsylvania ranked, raked in a total of $54.6 million from 2014 to 2019 in donations from China, including $23 million in anonymous gifts starting in 2016. Shortly before he announced, or no, he didn't, so 20. So that was uh, after, shortly after he was not vice president, right? Most of the anonymous donations came after university officially announced February 2017 that they would create an academic center for the named in, after Biden, uh, whose term as vice president of Barack Obama had just ended, and additional blah, 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 blah. The Ivy League institution, I got planes coming in. Here we go. Can you hear it? Fucking planes. Jesus Christ, the fucking Amazon planes. Ivy League institution received $15.8 million in anonymous Chinese gifts in 2017, $14.5 in 2018. That was three months after the center opened. The Penn Biden Center has never solicited or received any gifts from Chinese. They would just give it to them. So here's my question. Look at all the stuff we're dealing with with China. Look at all the stuff we're dealing with with Ukraine. And it's, you're talking millions of dollars between the two situations. Millions of dollars we've given to Ukraine to fight, quote-unquote, their phony war or their proxy war that's being funneled back to the Biden uh, family and to the DNC 
Okay? Now you have millions of dollars that the Chinese donated to the Penn, Biden, whatever center. Nothing to see here. So what was on these papers? What was in these papers? That you had Chinese millionaires donating money, or maybe it was the Chinese government donating money, because they were anonymous, to the center to have access to it. So were any of these Chinese officials, whether they be government or whatever, did they have access to this office? Did they have access to these documents? What were in the documents? This is different. Trump, number one, say whatever you want. He's allowed to declassify shit. He's the, he was the president at the time. And furthermore, he had this stuff locked up in his office, not in his garage at Mar-a-Lago, to the point where even the National Archives suggested a stronger lock. He put stronger lock to the point where they had to break the lock when they raided the house. Okay? Biden's was in the garage. Some of them. The others were in this Penn Biden Center where Chinese officials had access to it. But no one's asking those questions. Why not? This year is going to be a very interesting year. And as much as I want to try and stay away from from um, current events, I can't help but to ask these questions that other people aren't asking. Everyone's so focused on these documents, where they were at. They were in the Ben by the whatever Biden Center. They were in his freaking garage. That's that's just been this week. Now I shouldn't say it's been this week because the ones in the Penn Biden Center were found in early November. I think November second, like a week prior to the elections. But they held that information for two months. So here we go again. You have the Department of Justice who controls the FBI, holding back information on a Biden. That could have affected an election. In 2020, we had the Hunter Biden laptop, right? We held, you know, the, the FBI held that information back till after the fact, to the point where even when when Trump brought it up in uh, in their uh, debates, oh, <laughs> Russian disinformation—that's fake news. But no, it's not fake news. It was true. Okay, and you had this situation that should have been released when it was found. Maybe it would have swung some people from voting Democratic senators in or Congress people or whatever. Maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. But the point being is we talk about the FBI. We need to defund the FBI. We need to reorganize the FBI. We need to do whatever with the FBI. But in the meantime, the Department of Justice is over all of that. They're the ones holding information back. Or are they telling the FBI or whoever to hold information back? Maybe we should look at Merrick Garland. Now, people are like, oh, he's he did a special counsel. Cool. That sounds all fine and dandy. All that special counsel did was cause nobody to be able to comment on this now. That's, that's really what this is doing. And much like the Durham situation, it's going to be a big fucking shit burger about nothing. What, Durham, $7 million and hasn't convicted a damn person, which should have had two convictions. They got overturned. Or, you know, they these people got found guilty. So... Trump's going to walk now, which is fine because he didn't do anything wrong because Biden's going to walk. You can't convict one without convicting the other. Especially in this situation because Biden, as a vice president, I don't care if it was one document or a hundred documents. One classified is one classified. There has been plenty of federal officials 
CIA, FBI, attorney generals across this country that have been fired for having classified information on their person after the fact. So if you took it, you took it, whether it was one, a hundred, a thousand, a million, whatever. The fact that the stuff that was found on Biden's, in Biden's possession, in his office or in his garage, and I don't even, I mean, whatever, whatever about the ones in the garage. I mean, that's bad enough, but <laughs> I'm more focused on the ones in the Penn Biden Center, where Chinese officials donated 50 some odd million dollars to this university to have access to this university. That is important if not more so than the documents found in the fucking garage. That's just my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. But I'm telling you, there's a lot more to this story. And it's interesting how they held the information back prior to the elections. But as soon as Biden started talking about running again in, in 24, boom, here we go. So why? Why? Are they trying to kick him out of office now? No, I don't think so. I think they want him to run out his his time. Because what are they going to put? Camel toe in there? She's fucking 20 times worse. So they're going to let him bite his time, finish his run, and then it's on to the next person. But you have to ask the question, who in the fuck did the Democrats have? I mean, at least the Republicans, if no one else says anything, you got Trump and probably Ron DeSantis running for president amongst whoever else will run. But you're going to have at least those two, which most of, of this country will take either one of those options. Biden's done. He's not going to run again. Whether it's because of this, he's going to claim health reasons, whatever. He'll finish his term more than likely. I don't see this being like a Watergate moment where he resigns. That's not going to happen because they don't want Kamala in there. Kamala was a diversity hire. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. If you were going to pick a black female to be your vice president, there was plenty of better choices than her. So why her? I don't know. I don't care. But they definitely don't want her to be running the country. They're going to let Biden run out his time. They're going to prop him up until he's done. Then they're going to push whoever they're going to push in on the Democratic side. Will it be Pete Buttigieg? More than likely, Kamala will probably run. She'll lose, but she'll try and run. Will it be Hillary again? Will it be someone we don't even know? Will it be Hakeem Jeffries? You see what I'm saying? That's And I could honestly see that because they're already propping him up. But whatever, whatever. The thing is, is I got through all the things I wanted to talk to in under an hour. You're welcome. So <laughs> with that being said, it is Friday the 13th. Watch your backs out there. Just make sure that Jason isn't watching you. <laughs> anyway, so you guys have a fantastic day. Now, here's the deal. I'm on vacation next week, okay? We're going to Fiji on a on our private yacht. I'm joking. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Probably be around the house. Got the girls coming over. Got the uh, grandkids coming over. Um, I'm going to try and stick to my show routine but I can't promise anything. The best way for you to know this is subscribe to the show. Subscribe whatever uh, pod, podcasting app you're listening to this on. Subscribe. Follow us on Facebook at Don't Tread on America and on Instagram and the Ticker Talker. We got a little changes coming up. Me and Chris are flirting with the idea of starting a second podcast that has nothing to do with this stuff, but about drinking whiskey. 
And right now, our name we're flirting with is uh, Bullets and Bourbon Podcast. And uh, I don't know if it'll be an audio podcast or if we're going to start a YouTube page. But just keep following us for that information. Subscribe to our uh, website, uh, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And follow us on Facebook, and we'll put the information on there when we do, if we do. We're still flirting with the idea. I've already grabbed some names so no one else can do those things. So <laughs> I grabbed them now while we're thinking about it. That way, if we do it, we have the the options. So anyway, you guys have a great day. Hopefully you'll hear me back on Wednesday, on a Sunday. I have information to do. Our uh, European uh, our uh, correspondent, European correspondent is what I was calling, telling him, uh, Chris calling uh, Eric Foster. He's been sending me a ton of stuff. He's really active with the email and our website to the point where I gave him my personal email so he could send me a shit ton of stuff. And he's he did send me a, a shit ton of stuff. I need to go through it all and do some reading. So hopefully I can get that done between today and tomorrow. And that will probably be what the show's about. But we'll have to see. It all depends on what the wife wants me to do. And that's that. So with that being said, guys, it is Friday the 13th, 2023. You guys have a fantastic day, and I will talk to you again soon.